The World Cup can change things for players. It can change their careers or their legacies. Really, it can change their lives. Playing well at the World Cup can do a lot for you, and several U.S. men's national team players will be hoping as much over the next few weeks. But which U.S. players really stand to gain the most from this World Cup? Today, I'm joined by American soccer insider Tom Bogert to talk about that very question. Tom has his finger more directly on the pulse of the transfer scene and a lot of the other behind-the-scenes stuff in soccer than anyone I know. He breaks news, he writes articles, he hops on podcasts, and he was nice enough to hop on this one to talk with me about the USMNT ahead of Qatar. I'm Joe Lowry, and welcome to the Backheeled Show, where we bring you unique coverage of the United States men's national team in just 10 minutes or less. So hang out with us while you take your dog for a walk, or while you make lunch, or while you think about what next-level bounce pass Greg Berhalter is going to pull out against Wales next week. Here at Backheeled, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. I'm now joined by Tom Bogert to talk all about which U.S. players have the most to gain at the World Cup. Tom, thanks for being here. Joe, always got time for you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for dealing with my uh, pre-recording rant of being bad at technology, so we're here to go. (laughs) Hey, Tom, we all have those moments, and and this one might have been my fault. We can't really be sure either way. (laughs) Tom, there's going to be, and we've already had this on this show, a lot of discussion about tactics and about uh, this, this U.S. team as a whole, and even about certain groups of U.S. players like the young core that's here. For you, though, Tom, which specific U.S. players have the most to gain in Qatar at this World Cup? You know, it, it it's a it, it is a loaded question because you know this is both a destination and something that could help players kind of launch forward. So obviously everybody, and that's not a good answer. Um, it is a little bit less important, I think, than in previous iterations. Like you hear stories in the '90s about like you know, and even in like big countries like Argentina, like English teams would be like, "Oh my God, who's that player? I have no idea who that is." Like all these clubs in the world know who all of these players are from the time that they're 16 years old or prior for, you know, the the highest level, like youth prospects. So it's not like Leeds United are going to be like, oh my God, like who's Kellen Acosta? I've never seen him before, but like you can cement yourself with big performances and it's more so kind of in the public eye rather than um, in in terms of like a team being discovered and a transfer being happened. That being said, like there are guys who, you know, Joe Scali, he's he's played very well at Munchen Gladbach. If he gets on the field and plays well, that's like a young rising talent that teams are going to be like, oh, maybe he is ready for a next step. So Scali is kind of the answer I go with, but I'm not sure if he's going to play enough for that. So I'm going to default with Christian Pulisic, who's been trying to leave Chelsea and is like in this in-between phase of like, all right, like he's obviously kind of a star. He's obviously $70 million player a couple of years ago. Is he like Champions League or is he like a good player on a good Europa League team? So I think if he has a big tournament, that'll help his prospects in the winter or the summer if he's going to get a move. So, Tom, I'm assuming the answer to this question is technology, in quotes. But, like, you mentioned the 90s, right? And even there's there's evidence of this somewhat with Real Madrid as we get into the 2000s after World Cups picking players and signing them to big deals. What changed between today and 2022 and in those past World Cups that changes how teams actually go in and scout these international tournaments? Yeah, the, the loose catch-all of technology helps here. Um, globalization, just in general, if, if I'm going to get, you know, too big picture and, you know, roll up my my elbow patches on, on a blazer like I'm a professor. But, like, it truly, like, the world is smaller in a good way in that everybody kind of knows everybody. Like, these all these networks, so even just past, like, things like Scout and other, like, video um, 
highlights and 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 being able to uh, these clubs like I remember Sporting Kansas City signed Gotti Kinder from Israel from the Israeli league and like, I was talking to somebody after they signed him I was like do you guys like scout the Israeli league and they were like no like somebody like sent him like sent us his name he looked interesting and then I watched every single game that he played this year and it's like it doesn't matter what you know he didn't even leave his living room right like so there's video of everybody everywhere all the time particularly like again going all the way down to youth like MLS next academies like all those games are recorded. My my crappy D three soccer games in, in college, even six <laughs> years ago, were recorded. Like so, there's videos of full videos of, of players everywhere in the world, and these connections in networks, like all of that, is stronger. And just again, generally, technology and globalization. If we want to go down to two words rather than me being long winded here. Let's go back to Christian Pulisic then for a second. Tom, you're mentioning him as someone who could gain a lot from this World Cup, and I think that applies to his legacy and his mm-hmm. position in this U.S. team as well. If things go well for him in Qatar, like what in your mind, not, I'm not looking for inside info here, but for you as a logical soccer watcher, like what is the next step for him after this tournament? Yeah, it, it, like you said, legacy is a good point. I, I think that's all more important. Like, Particularly in this country, like he's obviously a star, superstar, the the average fan, average sports fans know who he is because he's the national team star, not because he plays for Chelsea, not because he broke through Borussia Dortmund. So this tournament, first and foremost, is about his performance in a national team shirt. But moving past that, it's like, I don't know, I, I, I liked the idea of him going to like Newcastle, but like Newcastle is a step down from Chelsea. Maybe if if this kind of all works out and, you know, the, the, the chain, the dominoes of other players being sold and moved on, club like AC Milan, like, a really good team, you know, maybe they're not in that like elite core of like Champions League favorites, but they're going to be challenging for titles in Italy, like a step above Dortmund, but like maybe not the like pressure cooker of like Chelsea, Manchester City or Liverpool. Okay. So Tom, do you have a sense of how active this particular January transfer window will be? So the World Cup's going to be wrapped up. Teams have had more time off than normal on the club <laughs> side. Does the timing of this Winter World Cup make deals more likely? How do you think this is all going to shake out? I do think that the, that it, it added to urgency in the summer, whether it was, you know, the the way that we think of urgency and that, oh, my God, I got to get out of here so I can get playing time. There was a lot of players who, who kind of made transfers. And that so that kind of all pushed forward. And we'll see what happens in the winter. Maybe there are guys who it didn't quite work out in, in their move. And they're like, all right, like I did this move just with, with kind of the World Cup in mind. Like, let me get the hell out of here now or whatever it is like. And when the tournament wraps up, there's plenty of time even before the January transfer window opens in Europe. And obviously the offseason MLS is going to be in mid full swing, but before preseason camp. So I think the timing is very interesting and very good in terms of transfers because teams aren't playing right now. They'll be doing little training stuff. So guys from clubs are talking more and more. There's going to be more and more conversations, if for no no other reason than, than people in this industry are bored. And you think I might be joking. I was talking to guys earlier this week. And they were like, I'm so bored in trade talks because nobody's doing anything like that. That's a real thing. If you're bored for, from in the transfer window, sometimes these these people who are doing the transfers are bored sometimes, too. So I think that there that should lead to a lot of conversations. We'll see what happens. There are going to be breakout stars of this World Cup. There are going to be big moves that are kind of fueled by this World Cup performance. And then that'll be the knock on effect to who goes who replaces this person at that club, and so on and so forth. Tom, I love it. Boredom is relatable. We'll keep our eyes on <laughs> Christian Pulisic and Joe Scally at this tournament. Tom. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, where can people find your work? Twitter at Tom Bogart, MLSsaga.com, anywhere, you know, I'm, I'm ever present on, on, on this hellscape that is Twitter. <laughs> Boom. There'll be a link to follow Tom on Twitter in the show notes. That's it for this episode of the Backheeled Show. If you're looking for more American soccer coverage, check out Backheeled.com for stories on the USMNT, the World Cup, and much, much more. We'll talk to you again soon. 
Thank <laughs> you.